your exclusive home for prop sports. Oh, it's good! It's good! This is Rowan Radio. Connors with the game winner! 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your Monday host, Larry Dealman. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're listening to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for this semester, but I'm not alone. I'm joined by Jack Miller and our uh, sports department director, Danny Ryan, on Zoom. And he's also our Friday host as well. Um, I know Aaron Hook and I were on each other's shows the other uh, last week, so it's good that we're all on each other's shows. However, a uh, bittersweet moment for me. This is my final offsides appearance and hosting. Obviously, I am graduating uh, this week from Rowan University, so I will not be here for much longer. In terms of the sports department, I'll still be floating around Rowan Radio, but my time here on offsides is coming to an end. But that does not mean that offsides will be ending, so make sure you keep up to date on that. So we have much to discuss today, even though it is a final goodbye for me. So we're going to start off with the NFL. We'll start off with our Week 15 reactions. A lot going on this weekend, even some Saturday games that went on. Then we'll go to the NBA and talk about uh, some stories that I found. And then we will finish out with a top five that's kind of interesting given uh, one of the games that we'll talk about. So let's start off with the NFL. So some Week 15 reactions, but before we get to that, a story just came out. Uh, apparently, Jalen Hurts has a sprained shoulder. Oh boy. So can we not repeat 2017, please, like in terms of the injuries? The Super Bowl result I'll take, but can we not start with the injuries again? So Apparently, Jalen Hurts has a sprained shoulder as a result of one of the Bears defenders falling on him during yesterday's game. They said his status for this week at Dallas is in doubt, but it should be uh, good to go for the postseason, given that the Eagles have clinched a postseason berth already. Uh, Jack, I'll go to you first. The Eagles tied the franchise record with 13 wins yesterday, but Jalen Hurts... Uh, with a minor injury, not what Eagles fans want to hear right about now. So is this something to worry about, and you're, are you good with uh, Minshew Mania if that's the path for right now? I'm not too worried about this. I mean, I think that uh, Gardner Minshew was uh, definitely one of the greatest backups, I think, I think that we have uh, in this entire league. So I'm not in. Uh, I'm not doubting Minshew Mania at all, and I think he might be still solid because everything around him is great. I mean, a lot of players are saying like different quarterbacks can play well for um, for the for the Eagles. So I think that um, Gardner Minshew um, won't have a problem uh, within the next three weeks, and we only have to win one game, by the way, right. one game to clinch the division and the NFC uh, first seed. So 
I think that Minshew can definitely win one. I mean, it might not be against Dallas. I mean, I mean, he definitely could. But um, we have the Saints and the Giants afterwards. I think if we beat the Saints, uh, that's going to be an easy matchup for Minshew, and he'll clinch the one seed for us. Yeah, I know Minshew has had his moments uh, in an Eagles uniform. Obviously, not too many because the Eagles have relatively been healthy. So Jalen Hurts threw some uh, bad interceptions yesterday, but you kind of can give him a pass since he hasn't really done it all year. And considering it was almost zero degrees, it felt like in Chicago yesterday. Yeah. So not much you can do there. Um, and Jalen Hurts did admit that in the post game conference. He did rush for a hat trick. That was three touchdowns. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith went off for over uh, 120 yards, each of them. Uh, A.J. had 181, which, which is a career high for him. One part of the game that um, was interesting to watch, but I guess not in the moment, was the whole Justin Fields thing. When he ran for that second and 27, and he almost scored, oh my gosh, I was like ready to fall off my couch yeah. yesterday. <laughs> uh, Danny, I'll go to you. What did you see in uh, yesterday's game with the Bears? Um, they put up a fight yesterday against probably the best team in the NFL. So um, is this Bears team legit, or do you think the Eagles were playing down to competition? You know, it's it's definitely tough to say. You talked about the weather conditions earlier, and, you know, glad to be here with you guys, by the way. But it's it's really tough to say. The Eagles came into this game with a big plan to just pass the ball heavily, and I, I'm not quite sure why. With 30-mile-per-hour winds, with how cold it was, Jalen Hurts came out to say that his hands were basically frozen during the first half. I mean, it's just crazy. You can't make this stuff up. And so they decide to pass the ball, and it forces Jalen Hurts to run nearly 16 or I think 17 times. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just They didn't attack the offense with the running attack. Uh, and Miles Sanders really wasn't much of an impact. Boston Scott had one big run, but that was really it as far as the backs go. So they got the win. It was a very poor win. Um, Jalen Hurts didn't even have a passing touchdown despite the passing attack. So I'm not sure how to feel about it, but I, I agree with Jack. You know, if they have to go with Gardner Minshew on Saturday, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. You know, he can manage an offense, especially with the weapons he has around him. Yeah, some good points there. Uh, I know Minshew, he's not like one of your bum backups that like you go to in such a situation, you're like, oh, God, we're not going to win for the rest of the year. It's I not think like Min Nathan Peterman, you know? No, yeah. no, no. No Peterman slander will be on this <laughs> podcast. So, uh, yeah, Nathan Peterman did come in for a few plays uh, in, re in relief of uh, Justin Fields, but uh, nothing too serious with that. Um, Nothing too serious with the injuries. And as Jack said, an Eagles win at Dallas on Saturday would clinch not only the NFC East division, but it would also clinch the top seed in the NFC. And that would give the Eagles the only first-round buy of the uh, playoffs in that conference, at least. I know in the AFC it's a little tougher right now, but yeah. um, it's a huge win. Even though uh, Dallas losing yesterday, which we will talk about in a few minutes, uh, that was a big win, and I think it makes this Eagles-Cowboys game makes it a little less impressive or less uh, crucial, but uh, it was pretty interesting to see yesterday. So hopefully Jalen Hurts gets better as well. All right, so probably the game that broke the league over the weekend, we thought the Vikings-Bills game where Justin Jefferson grabbed that 
one-handed catch on like fourth and 18. We thought that was the game of the year. Yeah, this that one looks like an appetizer compared to this one. So the Vikings hosted the Colts on Saturday uh, in Minnesota. And Jeff Saturday, obviously, is the Colts' new head coach. The Vikings were down 33-0 at halftime. So then the Colts fell asleep, and they lost 39-36 to in an overtime thriller. Matt Ryan, oh, what a guy. On the wrong end of another historic collapse, uh, we all remember 28-3 in the Super Bowl. Well, now that uh, went out the window, and now uh, if you look up some of the worst losses in NFL history, Matt Ryan will be the uh, cover photo for that. Jack, I'll go to you. What went wrong in the second half for the Colts? Uh, a lot of people on Twitter I was reading, a lot of fans were like, well, Matt Ryan doesn't play defense, but you got to be able to score like a few points to stop the momentum. So if you're a Colts fan, what are, what are you thinking right now? Well, the thing with this whole entire scheme of things is that Matt Ryan only scored one touchdown. I mean, the entire scoring for the Colts was on special teams and defense. So Matt Ryan didn't really get involved at all in this uh, in this catastrophe, if you want to call it. Oh, um, yeah. He had he threw one touchdown, but no one else on the offense uh, ran the ball or like put it in the end zone on the offense. So I mean, you kind of have to blame Matt Ryan in some sort of way. I mean, the Colts' offense has been struggling the entire year. But they couldn't do anything against the Vikings. And the Vikings just took care of business against them. And once they figured out like what they have to do against the Colts' defense and that the cornerbacks aren't their, aren't their best strong suit on defense, they just attacked them at will. And they gave it to K.J. Osborne 10 times, Justin Jefferson 12 times. That's expected. But K.J. Osborne for 10 times, I mean, you don't see him get 10 targets usually in a Vikings game. So him getting 157 yards with a touchdown as well, I mean, they just attacked him the entire game, and that was pretty much the main reason that they w were able to come back against the Colts at home. It's such an embarrassment. I mean, the the record—I'm sorry, yeah, the, the NFL record for biggest comeback, um, well, now, obviously, it's this game. But the previous one, it was obviously Frank Reich, who was just fired from the Colts yeah. about a month ago. Frank Reich— um, led a comeback. I think he was on the Bills at the time against the Houston Oilers, who are now, I believe they are now the Tennessee Titans. That's why that they have some yep. beef. Um, Frank Reich led a 32-point comeback in the wild card round uh, years ago. Uh, so now that record is no longer a thing. So Matt Ryan, once again, on the other end of a historic collapse. Danny, I'll go to you. Was there just a certain point in any collapse when you think about it? Is there just a point where you say, "Oh yeah, they're they're cooked. Like they're getting, um, like the other team's gonna come back and win, and this game is over." Did you kind of feel that at any point, like as the Vikings started to make a comeback? You know, it's funny you say that because I was talking to my roommate before I left to go to my parents' house, and I took a look at the game after the. Uh, Colts got the second half field goal to make it 36 to nothing, I believe, or 36 to three or whatever it was. Uh -huh. And um, I, I told my, my roommate, I said, you know, I, I have a feeling that the Vikings are going to come back in this game. They might not win it, but they're going to at least make it competitive because they couldn't be as bad as they were in the first half. And um, yeah, it was just unbelievable. I mean, talk about a collapse. Three points in three full quarters. Are you kidding me, Indianapolis? <laughs> but I guess the Vikings kind of did it in the first half as well with the two quarters, no points. But, you know, just an unbelievable comeback. Uh, largest in, in NFL history, as you mentioned. And 
Uh, I expect nothing less from Matt Ryan. I think you definitely <laughs> described it to a T. Yeah, I think uh, Matt. I was saying as the game was coming to an end, I'm like, bro, you gotta just retire. You can't come back from this. Like, it's it's just such a such a bad look. I think. If I remember correctly, I made like a prediction for all the teams. I think I had the Colts winning this division this year. Yeah, so did I. I think we all did. Um, they tied the Texans in Week One. That should have been the the red yeah. flag right there. Exactly. Um, but uh, very disappointing from the Colts. Call uh, me crazy, but I think that Nick Foles or Sam Ellinger could have won that game. I don't know why they didn't put it in Nick Foles. That would have been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I know. So next week. The Vikings host the Giants on Saturday. A lot of the games this week are on Saturday because of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Uh, that's a 1 o'clock game, so Kirk Cousins should go off in that game. Um, and then uh, the uh, the Colts, I couldn't think of their name for a hot second. Uh, the Colts, oh, God, they're on Monday Night Football next week hosting the Chargers, so that should be mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, so just some other stats from that game. So Jeff Saturday still has one win. That was against the Raiders. Justin Jefferson had 12 catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown. He is about to shatter Randy Moss's franchise record for receiving yards. He needs, like, under 10. So uh, that's about the break. And he might even break Megatron's record, which is pretty scary to think about. So, that's scary. That's my favorite receiver right there, Megatron. I don't know. The Lions are poverty, letting him retire that early. But uh, if he if he breaks that record... His hall. I'm not saying his Hall of Famer yet, but that would make a really nice case. Um, and I already said uh, who they're facing in the next few weeks. Uh, so a lot of things going on there. And then finally, another uh, reaction from this week. How about damn Cowboys? <laughs> I I love watching Stephen A's laugh whenever the Cowboys lose. Oh God, it's That's, so re- it's so refreshing. It is refreshing. The Cowboys blew a 27-10 lead against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Duval. Uh, Trevor Lawrence fumbled the ball toward the end of the game. Dak threw an odd interception. Or, I'm sorry, incompletion on third down. I was like, why are you doing that? And then they went to overtime, and then Rayshon Jenkins. Pick sixth, Dak Prescott to win the game 40 34. Um, just something that you could not have uh, scripted. And I know Eagles fans are all happy because now this Eagles Cowboys game does not have as much pressure on it. Danny, I'll go to you. If you're a Cowboys fan, okay, you clinched a playoff spot yesterday because uh, the Commanders got robbed. But if you're if you're a Cowboys fan, what are you, what's your mindset right now? You just Almost lost to the Texans at home, and you lost to the Jaguars in overtime. But they're making fun of Eagles fans. Oh, you almost lost to the Colts. Like, can they really even be talking trash right now? No, of course not. I mean, just looking at their past few weeks, they cannot. They, I mean, they have no room to speak. They have no room to speak. They barely clinched that playoff spot by the skin of their teeth. Um, I mean, they were going to get it in, in a following week anyways, but... It just goes to show Cowboys fans being Cowboys fans. And it's funny you bring this up, too, because one of my friends in my group chat from high school is messaging about, like, you know, how would you guys feel if uh, you lost to, I think it was Brady in the playoffs um, and get blown out or something like that. We did get blown out. That's like asking how mad you would be if you lose round one again, and he's a Cowboys fan, right? And he said, I'm – I wouldn't be that mad. I'm expecting it. The team is not ready to win it all. Our defense is getting depleted. So I think Cowboys fans are on, you know, just a collapse watch right now. It's, it's not getting 
any prettier for them. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a first, if not second round bounce in the playoffs, but who knows? I mean, a team can get hot at any time. They stay healthy, but that defense is looking putrid. Yeah, and I know Micah Parsons might want to uh, sit this one out because he was saying, is it Jalen Hurts or the system? And I saw a lot of people clowning him on Twitter saying, hey, Micah, was that loss on you or the system? So yeah. that was pretty hilarious. Uh, so Eagles-Cowboys on Saturday at 4, I believe it's 425. Yes, 425. It was either that or 405. Okay, 425, yep, 425. on Saturday. People are saying, like, why don't you flex that? But, I mean, whatever. Saturday in primetime, we're getting Raiders at Steelers, baby. So <laughs> that should be a good one. And then uh, for the Jaguars, their next game is Thursday. They got, uh, they're got they heading over to the Meadowlands to face the New York Jets. So some interesting matchups there. All right, so our next topic, uh, before we head to break, we're not going to finish the NFL topic just yet, but uh, one more topic before we go before we go to break. Everyone in the NFC South has a chance to take the division lead. Who will win this awful division? So the Buccaneers currently lead with a 6-8 and eight record, which apparently is Brady's worst number of losses in a season in his career. The Panthers, Saints, and Falcons are all 5-9. and nine. So everyone was, is within one game of either taking the division or losing the division. And one of them, because of the division lead, one of these teams is going to host a playoff game. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. Um, I think everybody's expecting Tampa Bay to do it because, you know, they kind of have Tom Brady over there. Right now we have the Panthers. They're a mess with a new coach and getting rid of Baker Mayfield, Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson. The Saints are just garbage, and the Falcons, um, they're starting Desmond Ritter at this point. I think Kyle Pitts is injured for the, for the year. Isn't he injured for the year? I have no idea. I, I think I he is. Mariota's out. Though. Yeah, Mar- Mariota's out, but... This yeah, this whole this whole division is just poverty. Jack, who's winning this god awful division? And do do they even win a game at this point in the playoffs? Uh, I see the Buccaneers making it. Um, just because the other teams are just a really hot mess. Uh, but I don't like whoever wins this division is gonna have to play the Cowboys. And knowing that Tom Brady's not at what he used to be, I think that um. He's not going to, uh, I guess, capitalize on that poor Dallas defense. So I only see them going to the first round, whoever wins the division. Um, I just don't see them outplaying Dallas at home, uh, in, uh, like in Dallas. So um, the ceiling for the NFC South at this point is the first round and for any of them. If they win one game, I'd be one of the most shocked people <laughs> on this planet. So Yes, Kyle. Actually, I just looked it up. Kyle Pitts is out for the year. Yep. Um, yeah, I think you're right. At this point, it's just... It's a pathetic showing of, you know, and people were making fun of the NFC East, you know, a few years ago, that tank yeah. division, but the NFC South looks so much worse right now, and obviously if the playoffs ended today, the entire NFC East would be in the playoffs, and the NFC South is just a pile of garbage. Uh, Danny, any last comments before we go to break? Who do you have winning this division, and should this division just be deleted at this point? You know, it's a great question you ask, and it's really crazy because this division wasn't too bad not too long ago, but I have to agree with Jack here. My sleeper might be the Saints, but I really could only see the Buccaneers or Saints coming out on top in this division. Like you guys mentioned, the Falcons really are not good. The Panthers are just a mess. I I don't know. It, it looks like it's going to be Tom Brady or maybe an Andy Dalton-led team, which 
I don't understand it all either because Jameis Winston is healthy and not starting for them. They're playing themselves, but I don't, I don't get it. They don't even have their draft pick to play for um, and tank for. So I, I would probably have to go with the Buccaneers or Saints when choosing the NFC South. Yeah, I'll probably go with the Bucs. Um, probably the Saints as well. Um, I don't think the Panthers would do anything. Although I did see a, oh, um, I'm trying to say it was a victory speech by Steve Wilkes, who's the interim head coach in Carolina, and it seems like the locker room likes him a lot. He really had some good things to say. So they they could be a scrappy team. I don't I don't think that's in um, in any question. But I think Tampa has the best shot. You have Tom Brady. You have all his weapons. You have the Super Bowl experience. So. I do see them maybe coming well, out at the NFC South. Well, speaking of interim coach, do we think that Jeff Saturday? Oh, he's will, getting fired. Will he get fi- the first? Will he be the first interim coach fired? I mean, at this point, there's like three games. There's no point in getting rid of him. Then again, then again, Chip Kelly did get fired one game before the end of the season, 2015. So Jeff Saturday. Yeah, I mean, Danny, any thoughts on that? Sorry, I was getting my uh, mic unmuted. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny that you bring that up because. I was thinking that when that collapse kind of happened and I think every you know it was on everyone's mind like it was your guys mind as well. I don't know if they'll necessarily go out of their way to fire him. I think it's just going to be a thing where they're not going to bring him back at the end of the year. If they do, then they might be tanking next year because I can't see a <clears throat> pardon me. I can't see a world in which they don't tank with Jeff Saturday as head coach. But um, why would you tank with uh Jonathan Taylor though? That's he's out for the play. year. Oh, yeah, he is? he's out for the uh, year. He's a little man. banged up. So it's it's all going to come down to do they want to upgrade a quarterback? Is Jonathan Taylor going to be healthy? I don't I don't really know what the future of that franchise looks like, but I don't think Jeff <clears throat> Jeff Saturday is in their future. Yeah, I really don't think either. I think they just wanted a yes man. Uh, and looking at the Colts' remaining schedule, uh, as we talked about, next Monday night, Chargers at Colts. Uh, so hopefully they can bounce back there. Then they're at the Giants on New Year's Day. And then to wrap things up in a game that really nobody cares about is Texans at Colts. Uh, so that should be a pretty hilarious game to That'll see be, who can I, hope, I think it would be funny if they tie again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it would be pretty funny. I was hoping for a Washington tie yesterday just to I was too. laugh at the memes. But yeah. we will see how all that works out. All right, so we're going to head to break and then wrap up our NFL segment before we get to the rest of our topics. But first, let's take a look at the WGLS campus calendar. Rowan University's Department of Public Safety would like to remind everyone in the Rowan community about the importance of pedestrian safety, especially while crossing Route 322. Pedestrians traveling along the Chamberlain Student Center construction site are urged to follow all caution signs and avoid directly walking onto the highway. And motorists who fail to stop for pedestrians face serious fines. Please follow state law and stop for pedestrians. For questions about public safety, call 856-256-4922. This campus calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for campus news and information. We'll be right back after these messages. Tune in to the Roan Report every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Join me, Allie Bruce, and the rest of the Roan Radio news team as we bring you a recap of weekly news covering local, national, and international stories. Plus, we'll take a look at sports and entertainment news, too. 
For news around the region and around the world, listen to the Roan Report every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM and online at roanradio.com. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned into another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for this semester, and I'm joined by uh, Jack Miller and our sports director, Danny Ryan. So we are in our NFL segment, um, and we're going to wrap it up with what we usually do to wrap up our NFL segment and our Monday night football preview. Oh, God, Rams at Packers. So you would think, you know, last year this would be a nice matchup. You'd have mm. Super Bowl champs and uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Pack, but guess what? This matchup is pretty bad. Uh, so the Rams are trying to avoid playoff elimination tonight. If they lose or I think if they tie, they are out, uh, joining their fellow NFC West uh, rivals in the Cardinals who just got eliminated yesterday. And if the Packers win or lose, doesn't matter. They will stay in third place in the NFC North. Jack, I'll go to you first. Any expectations for this matchup tonight? Um, it's in Green Bay, so kind of you know historic uh, with the venue. But um, some playoff implications on the lines for the wrong reasons. Any uh, clear-cut winners? Um, I think for me, Green Bay is going to pull away with this one. Um, I mean, they're at home. They're used to being um, in the cold weather and stuff like that. The Rams are in a dome. So, I mean, I think that Green Bay will pull away with this one just because of the, the temperature uh, at, at Lambeau and just because, in my opinion, the Packers are just the better team in this game and they're home. So uh, I see Aaron Rodgers going off with Watson and stuff and, and Jones. So uh, I think that they'll pull away with this one probably like 27 to 13, even though Baker Mayfield's with the Rams. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Danny, I'll go to you. Any expectations for Rams at Packers tonight? Obviously, the Rams looking to maybe not uh, be eliminated this week, or maybe they just want to go to Cancun in a few weeks. Uh, and the Packers, um, obviously, not the season they were hoping for. Right now, they are in third place. They are, I want to say, about a game and a half behind the Lions. And the Lions are looking to make some noise as well. And the Bears are obviously eliminated already. Do the I mean, any clear-cut winner? And does this game even really matter to either of these teams at this point? I mean, it, it definitely matters more to the Packers than it does the Rams. But it's really just such a waste game that they didn't flex um, on prime time because they probably didn't have a better matchup that made sense to flex it there. But it's... You know, I'll be tuning in. I think I have to agree with Jack on this one as well. Um, the Packers have more to play for. I think they're going to come out more motivated. Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. And we'll see what happens. But I would love to see a Baker Mayfield either comeback or just a victory in this one. I mean, you'd, you'd be lying, honestly, if you didn't root for the guy, especially after being the number one pick and seeing what he struggled through. Um, but, you know, what we saw last week on Thursday Night Football was just absolutely electric. Yeah, Baker Mayfield uh, definitely did light that up um, on Thursday Night Football. Even though he had like two days to memorize the playbook, it was it was definitely something to behold. And looking at the playoff picture uh, as of right now, 
the Eagles would have the first round by, uh, and then in the wild card round you have Commanders at Vikings, Giants at Niners, and Cowboys at Buccaneers. And I said this last week: the Cowboys and Buccaneers have had this rivalry these last few years. Like they're always playing. I don't know why. It's like the Saints always playing in Philadelphia these last three years. Uh, and then you have in the AFC, you have the Bills with the first round bye. It'd be Dolphins at Chiefs, who so that should be interesting. Chargers at Bengals, Ravens at Titans. Um, so some interesting matchups. I do think the Titans look pretty fraudulent right now. Jack, do you kind of uh, agree with that logic? Yeah, like I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if Duval takes it. Like, like Ooh. takes the AFC South. Like they they have a really really easy schedule and i think that the jaguars titans game will be the game that gets flexed to 820 um on the last week of the nfl so um because it's going to be a fight for the division they have the jets next they have the lions afterwards and then they have um titans so i think uh or no they have the texans um on who the titans or the jags i think the jags have the texans week 16 i'll I'll check or week all right so for the jags they're on Thursday night at the Jets. Yep. Then they're at Texans yep. versus Titans. Exactly. So, it's pretty. It's not a bad schedule for Duval to win the division. They just have to win every game. So, um, thankfully, they got that comeback win against Dallas, and they're still alive in the division. And um, they definitely have the chance and have the tools on both offense and defense to beat all those teams that we just mentioned. Yeah, a lot of good matchups there. Um, going into these final few weeks of the regular season i do think that uh jaguars and titans game that definitely should be a lot more interesting trevor lawrence has been on a tear recently so we'll have to see how that works all right so segueing into our nba segment these are just more some stories and some injury updates that i found nothing more about a team but uh let's see what we have here i saw this on a i saw this as a story uh, Adam Silver, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, that is, said he would be hugely disappointed if a female head coach isn't hired within the next five years. He said this on a, I believe it was an NCAA podcast. So in the next five years, he'd like to see a female head coach. Jack, do you see this happening maybe soon? Um, we see Becky Hammond, uh, former Spurs assistant. She went to the Las Vegas Aces of the WNBA and she won a championship with them. Uh, I know she's uh, a name floating around. I also saw a rumor a while back, like maybe Dawn Staley to the Sixers. Uh, or maybe you think five years? Do you think that's maybe too long of a wait? Do you think it happens sooner than that? I have no idea. I think with Adam Silver, like, I think he's right uh, that um, that there will be a women's coach within the next five years. Um, I just have no idea who. Like, I didn't really – when I saw this, I didn't really – think about it really too much that there there isn't a woman's coach but i just think like in my head i just have this mindset where it's oh the men the it's the nba is all male athletes so every coach is a male but i mean there could be a women's a women's coach in the nba which i wouldn't be surprised about um as the as there's uh women all over the nba getting jobs left and right so right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there were if there was a coach hiring that was a female in the next um, a few years. So um, I don't know who it'll be or, or which team will do it. I mean, it could be the Spurs because Popovich is retiring. So I think that's my pick for who gets the first women's coach in the NBA. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the if this uh, if this was supposed to happen. 
yeah, the Spurs definitely are in a tank mode right now and um, not really doing that well. And Greg Popovich is looking to be past his prime a little bit. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, a female head coach could be in that rotation of candidates. Danny, I'll go to you. So, Adam Silver says that uh, he would probably uh, want a female head coach in the next few years, uh, five years specifically. Do you think this is going to happen sooner rather than later? Um, do you think Becky Hammond could come back? Uh, she was with the Spurs. Do you think maybe she could come back? Or uh, Dawn Staley, do you think maybe she could uh, put her hat in the ring for that? It's a good question. You know, I think they're definitely long overdue. Um, for a female head coach in the NBA. And if not in the next five years, it'll probably be in the next 10 years, I'd have to imagine. Uh, and I, I definitely respect Adam Silver for coming out with this and saying this on a podcast and putting it out there so more people might be encouraged to hire a female head coach. Uh, but uh, like like I said, I definitely think that within the next decade, it'll happen. Five years might be a little too soon, unless, like you said, Becky <clears throat> Becky Hammond comes back from the Las Vegas Aces. So it, it all depends on what the care, who the candidates are out there and if they're qualified enough. Yeah. Some good points there. Jack, did you have something? Yeah. So I just got breaking news from ESPN that uh, chargers cornerback JC Jackson was just booked Monday at jail in Massachusetts in relation to nonviolent family issue. What? The? So cornerback JC Johnson, I think he was injured anyways, but yeah. Um, but still, I mean, that's kind of huge for the, Chargers in a sense that you have a player that just got booked in jail. So, bro, are you scared me? I thought this was gonna be like a hurts injury. No, no, update. no, no, no. no. But, uh, wow, some uh, some interesting news here on offsides. We like some breaking news. Maybe not that kind of breaking news, no. but um, interesting to say the least. But mm -hmm. going back to uh, Adam Silver, uh, like Danny said, you know, Adam Silver, I think, is a very progressive uh, commissioner. Obviously, yeah. taking over David Stern. Uh, the late David Stern now, but probably what put Adam Silver on the map was kicking Donald Sterling out of the league. And for those of you that don't know who that is, Donald Sterling was the former owner of the Clippers, uh, said some inappropriate uh, racist comments. Uh, I think it was they overheard him or it was tapped yeah, or something. It was overheard. Um, not so nice comments that he made and they forced him to sell the Clippers to Steve Ballmer, who I think is with Microsoft. Um, so that's how I guess Adam Silver was more. Uh, he that's how he first got his respect from the players. So uh, Adam Silver making some of these big moves we see with the playing tournament, uh, female coaches. Uh, so I think Adam Silver. I think we're, he's not done with making moves like this, and I think it would be uh, cool to see a female head coach, but. Uh, we'll have to see in the meantime. All right, so up next, the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, we always talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Always. The Brooklyn Nets were fined $25,000 for resting eight players, eight, against the Indiana Pacers, and the Nets won that game. Yeah. I don't know how, but they won. So they rested Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal, Nick Claxton, Seth Curry, and TJ Warren. So basically, good chunk of their starting lineup and their reserve players. Uh, so the Nets won that game. This was about a week and a half ago, but I found this pretty interesting. Danny, I'll go to you, and I know we've talked about this, whether it's on uh, my show or your show, Aaron's show, whoever. 
is load managing or load management getting way out of hand these days and i know you know if it's an injury you know you want to you want to rest them in order to not you know tank your playoff chances but then the league has these rules with well if it's a national televised game we don't want fans turning the uh, flipping the channel because oh you know Kevin Durant's not playing tonight so I'm not watching so what do you so what are your thoughts on all this with load managing and even eight players yeah that's that's pretty absurd um i i never even knew about that but it's definitely getting out of hand in certain circumstances um you see it a lot with the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard, obviously, he's been banged up over the past few years, along with Paul George more recently. And so it's becoming a trend when it has to be. And I don't hate load management when it's needed, honestly, because the Philadelphia 76ers, the team I'm a fan of, you're a fan of, uh, Jack's a fan of. Or actually, no, Jack's a fan of the Thunder. Oh, I forgot. Yes, Danny. Um, <laughs> they're tanking for but, Victor Weminyama. Yeah, so we'll see if they get him. If they get him, it's game over. But um, now back to my point, though. Overall, it, it just comes down to, I think, I don't know. I, I lost my train of thought, to be quite honest with you, after we went to the Thunder. But, um, wow, you know, it, it's, yeah, take, take it over. I'm my bad. No, no, you're, you're fine. You're fine. But, yeah, I think what you were saying, like with the Clippers, you know, with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, what have they accomplished since they've been to L.A.? I know you could yeah. say, well, Kawhi Leonard, he's already done his job. He stopped two three-peats um, when he was with the Spurs. They uh, they stopped LeBron in the heat. And then in Toronto for the one year, he stopped the Warriors um, three-peat. So, I mean, he's done his job over the years, but he's been injured so many times. It's like, what, wh what's the plan guys? You know, Paul George, same thing. He, I mean, he's still good. It's just, it's just like, you don't really hear about, hear about them anymore. And they're in LA. So it's gotta be an injury thing. And, you know, load management, as Danny was saying with, uh, you know, Joel Embiid and James Harden, um, you know, load management has always been a thing, but sometimes you just got to say, well, if we do it too much, then you get to the playoffs and you flame out in the first round. Well, then what was the point of it? Yeah, so, then the, I, I completely agree with you. I think that if they're going to load manage these guys, they better be absolutely polished by the time it comes playoff time because yeah. they have all of these days off and they better be, you know, th the problem you get with load management is you don't get a lot of games with these guys if you're yeah. load managing them a lot. And so they don't get a lot of games under their belt to play and develop chemistry. And that definitely shows in the playoffs. Yeah, chemistry definitely becomes more of a factor in the postseason. Um, so, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I think, you know, the Nets right now, uh, they're pretty good. I mean, are they anybody's favorite at this point? I've I've had them as one of my title favorites for the last few years and have been horrifically wrong. Right now they're the four seed. Oh, God, they're the four seed. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, if they're going to do something in the playoffs, then okay, kudos to them. But if you're not going to do anything in the postseason, then why even bother? And speaking of uh, California players who were injured, let's wrap up our NBA segment with Anthony Davis. So Lakers star Anthony Davis is out for at least a month with a foot injury. Um, I know he gets a lot of uh, criticism for being injured with street clothes and Data Davis and all that other stuff. Uh, Anthony Davis, I believe, now is 29 years old. So the Lakers are 6-4 and four in their last 10 games, 
AD averaging about 27, 12, and two blocks per game uh, in his fourth season with LA. And the Lakers are currently the 12th seed in the West, so not even in the play-in tournament right now. Jack, will the Lakers' recent success be halted now with this injury? I know Anthony Davis has been on a tear recently. Uh, do you even see them making the play-in tournament? Uh, the West is very crowded at this point, where I don't see them making the play-in tournament again. Only because, or because it's just stacked. It's really loaded at this point, and I just don't see them like narrowing their way through teams to try and get into that play-in tournament. I mean. Looking at, like, who's at the top right now, I mean, you have the Grizzlies, you have the Pelicans, Nuggets, and Suns. Those are the top four teams. And the other teams that are actually doing well, and these are, like, in my eyes, the surprise teams, is you have the Kings in the fifth seed, <laughs> Trailblazers six, Clippers seven, Jazz eight. I saw these teams all being at the bottom this year, and I, they're at the bottom of the playoff picture right now. So... They're, they're, this is a really loaded division or loaded conference uh, in that matter. And I just don't see them wiggling through teams like the Warriors who are out of the play, uh, play in right now um, and the Timberwolves. I mean, I just don't I, I don't see it. I just don't see where they can just finagle their way into the into the playoffs or even the play in tournament. The Utah Jazz fell harder than the Roman Empire. I mean, I don't know what they did. They were remember they were like scorching and now they're. In the eighth spot. But anyway. Still. I mean. Right. So as the uh, play-in tournament, this format, this will now be, um, I believe, year three of this experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this will be year three of the play-in tournament in the spring. So right now the top ten seeds would be eligible for that. The Warriors and the Lakers would be looking in for right now. Um, so it's interesting to see how the – the Lakers are still toward the bottom of the Western Conference, and Jack's Thunder are only a game and a half behind the Lakers. So <laughs> that would be pretty hilarious that uh, if the Lakers could, or the Thunder could somehow over uh, overpass them. The Spurs and the Rockets—they're not going anywhere. No. Uh, Danny, any thoughts on the Lakers' um, injury woes, and uh, do you think they'll even get to the play-in tournament? Right now, to get to the play-in tournament, they are a game and a half behind Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota is holding that 10th seed, and Carl Anthony Towns is out for the next few weeks with an injury. Do the Lakers even make the play-in tournament, or are they are they fool's gold? I mean, I sure hope they do. The league, I feel, is better when the Lakers are succeeding, You know, whether it's a matter of them making the finals or getting to the conference finals or just like making the playoffs in general. Especially when you have two players of LeBron James and Anthony Davis's um, ability, and so I, I certainly hope they'll make at least the play-in, if not snag a higher spot. But I really don't think you know a spot six or higher is going to be realistic for this team. And so you know, especially like you mentioned, if they stay banged up, so we'll, we'll see. They definitely have a good coach. I, I think Darwin Ham's uh, yeah, he's got a good head on his shoulders over there in, in Los Angeles. So it's just a matter of can they pick up some pieces at the deadline. To improve the team, can they rely on a guy like Austin Reeves to have a bigger role than you know he, he started the season with come playoff time? Who knows? Um, but they definitely have to at least make a roster move or expect some other guys to step up in the absence of the in injured players. Yeah, some good points there. Excuse me. Um, yeah, so we'll see how the Lakers do in the absence of Anthony Davis. It's not like it's a day-to-day -day thing. It's more of a month. 
Uh, so that's going to affect them in the starting lineup. Their next couple of games, uh, let's go next five. So they uh, are at Phoenix tonight to take on the Phoenix Suns. And then on Wednesday, they're at the Kings. Then they're at home on Friday to host the Hornets, who are trash. They're at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Then they are at Dallas on Christmas Day. And then on Tuesday, the 27th, they are at the Orlando Magic. So some winnable games there, I think, even without Anthony Davis. Yeah. Um, but Lakerland, I think, Dar- as uh, Danny alluded to, Darvin Ham does have a good head on his shoulders. All right, so that's going to wrap up our NBA segment. And now we will go to our top five. Uh, we're not going to discuss what it is just yet, but we will talk about it after the break. But first, let's check the WGLS community calendar. The Samaritan Center is a program that helps Glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once a month. You can give back to your community by donating food, clothes, or by volunteering your time. Email glassborofoodbank at gmail.com or visit online at glassborofoodbank.org for more information. This community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. We'll be right back after these messages. Tune in to Rowan Radio every Saturday afternoon from 5 to 8 p.m. for the Icon Rock Show with the Icon himself, Gary D. Enjoy the very best classic and hard rock from Aerosmith to Black Sabbath to the Rolling Stones and more. Crank up the volume for the Icon Rock Show every Saturday from 5 to 8 p.m. Only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Also online at rowanradio.com. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned in to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for this semester, and I'm joined by Jack Miller and Danny Ryan, our sports director, here on today's episode. So we're going to wrap up with our top five after we've talked about the NFL and the NBA. We're going to go right back to the NFL segment for this one, considering uh, the Vikings and the Colts' uh, historic performance on Saturday. Here we go. Name your top five biggest collapses in sports history. So what I mean by collapses, obviously, a team that blew a late lead, uh, teams that might have underperformed in a certain scenario, um, it could it could be one game, it could be a series, it could be whatever. So I'm um, pretty, um, I guess I'm pretty liberal with answers for this one. Danny, I'll start with you. If you want to go five to one, one to five, no order, or if you have an honorable mention, go. All right, so I'm just gonna go no order on this one. You know, I always have to throw an honorable mention in there. But to start off, I'm gonna go with the double doink. Ooh, Chicago uh... Bears played a very I wouldn't say untalented Philadelphia Eagles team but they were down in the dumps that season and really didn't deserve to uh, move on to that next round and then they were eliminated by the Saints in the following round but 
that double doink will just forever go down as one of the biggest choke jobs by Cody Parkey. So it has to be at least on my list. Um, and, and I'll just give away what takes my cake already. I mean, it's the biggest comeback in NFL history. Got to go with the Colts Vikings game this past Saturday. I'd be a fool not to put that at least at the top of my list and prioritize that. Um, but just looking through, you know, a few MLB collapses, uh, one that comes to mind, 2014 Oakland athletics. They were very, very good back then um 28 games over 500 and they just collapsed in the playoffs they always tried to put a bunch of good teams together um i'll say more recently as well 2022 yeah 2022 new york mets oh my goodness <laughs> the division for how many games of the year play the trumpet and they collapsed <laughs> to the atlanta braves and then they eliminated in the first round to the san diego padres my goodness and then they lose jacob Degrom in the following offseason however they have reloaded fairly well and that's four right uh, i think so yeah okay so for number five this is a tough one you i want to end it on the right note i'm probably gonna have to go with matt ryan in the super bowl i you know how could i not you're in the super bowl up 28 to 3 and you lose that game and it's only fitting that matt ryan's on my list twice one via the colts collapse on saturday and obviously two via the what was that, 2016 Super Bowl between the Patriots and It was and the, the 16 season, but the 17 Super Bowl. Okay, so 2017 Super Bowl where he you know, absolutely collapsed in that second half. He seems to have a, um, a knack to do that. I don't know. <laughs> it's becoming a trend now, and social yeah. media is starting to take notice. Yeah, some good ones there. Uh, Jack, I'll go to you next. One to five, five to one, no order if you have it, or an honorable mention if you have one, Gil. Um, so – I have my at my number five. I have like a unique baseball one. So, uh, I forget when what year this was, but uh, it was the Texas Rangers versus the Baltimore Orioles, and the Baltimore Orioles came out with a three-zero lead in the first inning, and then the Texas Rangers went on to win thirty to three. I'm sorry, what? So, <laughs> so that was I think one of the biggest collapses I've ever seen, um, and then. A little bit more recent, uh, I have the 2016 Thunder, unfortunately. Um, you had a 3-1 lead against the uh, the Warriors, and then you blew that um, in seven games. And then also in the same year, the 2016 Warriors did the same thing um, to the Cavaliers in the finals. So uh, they had a 3-1 lead with the against uh, LeBron and Kyrie uh, and the Cavaliers in 2016. And then lost the NBA Finals in seven. So I think those were pretty... Bad collapses as well, and they also had the best record in and like out of any NBA team all time. So uh, next, um, I have this just the Dallas Cowboys as a whole, um, just because of the fact that Facts. everyone's like, "Oh, we them boys, we them boys," and then you lose in the first round is just kind of pathetic at this point. I so, love seeing the NFL memes when the Cowboys lose when uh, it says, "Just checking to see if y'all still them boys." Yeah, exactly. Love seeing that. So, I, and it just happens every year. It's either they go like four and twelve, or like five and eleven, or whatnot, and then, you, or they are really good, and then just lose the first round to like uh, some like <laughs> decent playoff team. So, and then lastly, I have Matt Ryan as a whole as well. Like just as Danny said, the fact that you lose a regular season game and you had a thirty-three point lead, and you had a twenty-eight-three lead against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I mean, as Danny said. There's kind of a trend going here with Matt Ryan. Like, how do you, how does this happen to you twice? You lose the biggest Super Bowl lead, yeah, and the biggest regular season lead. How, like, how does that happen? You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. So, wait, 
Is that right? Is it me and then you? No, yeah, no. Fool me one, shame on me. Fool me, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You, you get the idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I looked up that Rangers Orioles game. It was August twenty second, two thousand seven. Yeah. It was in it was in Baltimore. Um, the Orioles scored one run in the first, and then two runs in the third, and then forget it, pal. Yeah. The, the Rangers had twenty nine hits and thirty, 30 runs. runs. Yep. Wow. So a lot of uh, embarrassment there. Um. So that was a good one. I didn't even think of that. All right, so here we go. So for my top five, and I didn't have an honor. I did. I did have an honorable mention. Some of these are games. Some of these are series or whatever. My honorable mention: Game Seven, Mavericks Suns Western Conference Semifinals, Game uh, 2022. Luka Doncic exploded uh, on the Phoenix Suns. They had like 27 points at halftime, and Luka just went off it was uh, i watched it live it was hilarious uh, i feel like the suns have been getting cocky and it was good to see them get humbled so that's my honorable mention number five i will put lebron james and the miami heat choking to the dallas mavericks in 2011 lebron went to the heat uh, in 2010 and he went there, and he had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh with him, and everybody was like, oh, my goodness, this team is going to be a dynasty, and they won two rings in four years, which isn't bad, but um, that 2011 collapse is usually a um, usually one of the cons. If you're going to argue LeBron versus Michael Jordan, that's usually one big argument that's brought up against him. Uh, so that's I'll go with that with number five. Number four, one that neither of you thought of, but... I found it, and, you know, guess what? The 1964 Philadelphia Phillies, the fold of 64. Hi. <laughs> Not this again. So, for those of you that don't know, the Phillies led by six and a half games with 12 games to go. Phillies lost 10 straight, 2-10 uh, and 10 in that stretch, and they didn't see the postseason again until 1976. So, uh, pretty bad collapse, if I say so myself. But the Phillies made the World Series this year, so, I mean, who cares? <laughs> Number three, I will go with the Colts-Vikings game this past weekend, 33-0. Uh, the Colts, I don't know what they were thinking, but the Vikings just turned out to be the better team. Obviously, they were before the game, but definitely after that game, they were the better team. Number two, the OG Warriors-Cavs 3-1 choke, yeah. um, which is ironic because, as Jack said, the Warriors overcame a 3-1 lead against the Thunder, and then Kevin Durant was all upset, and then Draymond Green cried to Kevin Durant, and that's how the dynasty started. So thanks a lot, Jack. Uh, Kevin Durant made the, the Warriors dynasty. But the 3-1 choke, best regular season of all time, just to lose a 3-1 lead. Maybe if Draymond didn't get suspended that one game, maybe it would have been different, but who knows. And then number one, the infamous 28-3 choke, uh, Falcons-Patriots 2016-17 Super Bowl. I mean, Matt Ryan, the original OG Super Bowl. Um, Joke it's just, yeah. just watching that game, I'm just like, okay, guys, you can stop now. St guys, stop. Mm -hmm. But uh, that was the only, uh, I'm sorry, that was the first and only time the Super Bowl has ever gone to overtime. And, of course, the Patriots, um, Tom Brady got his fifth ring in that affair. So, um that has to be one of the biggest chokes of all time. And, of course, it was in the Super Bowl, so, of course, that is my number one. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for offsides today. There will be no offsides uh, next Monday. 
uh, the 26th. It's the day after Christmas, and I figured, you know, why not? You yeah. know, it's just like, ain't nobody going to be here anyway. Uh, Danny, are you having offsides on Friday? Or I know, is Aaron going to do it on Wednesday? Or how's that working? Aaron will not be here to do it Wednesday. We're in the works to find a host. And as far as Friday goes, it's to be decided. I'm trying to figure out if I can gather up enough troops or if they uh, are all going to head home due to Christmas break, which I wouldn't blame them. You know, everyone's getting past finals. They want to go home. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Yeah, so we'll keep you all updated with that. So, unfortunately, this is my final offsides. Uh, It's been a great time hosting this past semester. I'd like to thank Danny for giving me the opportunity to to do so, and hopefully next semester, assuming Danny and Aaron continue with this, uh, hopefully whoever my uh, successor is will do a fine job um, as I move on into the real world. So that's going to do it here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For Jack Miller, Danny Ryan, I'm Larry Dealman. Have a good night. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.